Welcome to Side Hustle with Personality. I'm Kerry Ruff, and in this podcast, we help you understand, leverage, and capitalize on your untapped skills and interests, leading to more income and fulfillment. Now, during each episode, we interview successful business people, artists, and everyday folk who have, in unique and clever ways, taken their passions, and turned them into money-making enterprises. Hi, Jessica. How are you? I'm fantastic, Carrie. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Welcome to Side Hustle with Personality. Thank you for having me. I am so grateful to be on your podcast and your show. Thank you. Thank you very much. I I was very excited to uh, have have this opportunity to talk with you today because you're in a field that uh, most people don't know about. And that is uh, sponsorship, how to uh, attract money, to be able to do what you want to do. So yes. I'm, I'm excited to get into this. We have, yeah, we have a little time, you have a little time. Uh, and I thank you very much for allowing us a little time to ask these questions. So um, can you tell uh, the side hustle, hustle with personality community a little bit about yourself? Um, where you're from, uh, well, Dallas, Texas, <laughs> <laughs> Dallas, Texas, and, um, and your business and how you started your business. Yes, uh, thank you so much. So I am Jessica Chinyelu, also known as the Sponsorship Lady. That is the name of my business. And I reside... Cool. I reside in Dallas, Texas. I'm a wife, a mom of one, and I'm super passionate about helping entrepreneurs learn the right way to partner with brands. Uh, It's so funny how I got into this. It's a long story, but I'm going to make it super brief. And then if you have any questions about this little brief synopsis that I'm going to give you on how I got into the world of sponsorships, feel free to do that. Um, but I started yeah, off as- I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. <laughs> so, so. Well, I always thought I was going to go to law school. Uh, went through a law school program for a summer and realized that it was definitely not for me. Um, I was in my, I think it was my senior year of undergrad when I went through that law school program. And a good friend, he hits me up and he's like, Jess, can you help me plan my Nigerian Independence Day party? Long story short, I helped him plan that party and it gave me so much experience on learning how to plan events, create awesome environments that sponsors would love. And so um, a bunch of people who were at that event were like, we need you on our team to help us. Did that. Um, I honestly really didn't know how to be an entrepreneur. And so I ended up going back into corporate America, became a meetings manager for a bunch of different hotel chains, got some great experience. Then I felt more confident in hosting my own programs through my nonprofit Woman of Purpose. Um, Through that conference, as I was hosting it, people wanted to meet with me and have pick my brain sessions. And that 
is how I really got into the sponsorship lady LLC because my husband is like, baby, you can't just sit down and have meetings with people for free and pick my brain sessions. You need to start charging for your knowledge. You've done well. You've landed, you know, over six figures in sponsorships to host a faith-based conference. And he's like, you, you need to really put this into a program, you know, charge for your services. And so I did. Um, and I'm so thankful for my husband telling me to do that. But that's how I got into teaching people how to land corporate sponsors. How long have you been involved? How long have you had this business? Yeah, so officially a business, it has been since 2019. But as far as how long I've been securing sponsors, it's been over a decade. Over a decade, wow. Well, as I was doing my research on you, uh, I found out that you like to read books and your, your favorite book is Outwitting the Devil. Outwitting the Devil by mm -hmm. Napoleon Hill, my favorite. That's probably who I started with as far as personal development books. Uh, yeah. Rich, but I, I don't think I've heard of Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. There you go. Um, I think most people know Napoleon Hill for Think and Grow Rich, and that is an awesome book. But when you read Outwitting the Devil, it literally is his story uh, sharing how he overcame so many mindset obstacles. Um, and he, I mean, there's one story in the book where he shares how he was completely broke. Um, and he had no idea how he was going to pay for this really big opportunity that came his way. But he had a very clear vision. Um, and in that vision, it was a vision of the man who was gonna give him the money and write him a really big check to make this big opportunity happen. Um, and in Carnegie, this vision- Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, and so he ends up, really believing in this vision. His family thought he was crazy. Everyone thought he was crazy, but it happens. And he said, a part of the book is really just to challenge you that no matter the difficulties that you face or the challenges you face um, and what the naysayers may have to say, you have to keep going because you're always gonna have thoughts that are constantly knocking you down. And in the book, he's he's having conversations with the devil. Um, and it's it's really interesting to see this dialogue. So he has, they're like some wow. of his journal entries. Oh yeah, it, it's a really powerful book. Was it, written, was it written by him or was it put together by other people? Um, it was written by him. And then you also have some, if you get the latest edition, um, there's also some pieces that are written by other people, but okay. it's really, it's really, really powerful. Oh, fabulous. Now, uh, another question that, and, and see, I've been studying you now for a little while and writing down questions that I want to know and wanted to hear questions that I got from your, from your website. Uh, that we will um, let our communities know about your website and how to get there. Um, but my first question is, how can individuals and businesses 
make winning relationships that will transform the way they increase cash flow. Yes, yes. When you think about the industry or world of brand partnerships, when you think about sales, when you think about sponsorships, everything starts with a relationship. Um, organic relationships are so key. Um, and the way to start those relationships is not by making an ask. And I think many times entrepreneurs, it's so true, Carrie, we as entrepreneurs, sometimes, you know, we want to, we live in a society and a generation now that is, they're trying to get things so quickly. We're the microwave society. We want instant connections and instant. We're expecting people to give us things instantly when we haven't really done anything to uh, deserve it. Um, and so when you think about the relationships that you love the most with people, it's because in some shape or form, they've added some type of value to your life. And when someone adds value, they give that value over a period of time. And so if you think about winning relationships, winning relationships are formed when you genuinely connect with someone at least three to five times before you start making it an ask. Um, and that's how you really get into winning relationships that lead into a brand or a company willing to invest in your vision or your big idea because now there's a relationship. I, me as a person, I'm more willing to give someone a chance that I have a relationship with versus the person who comes and asks for something that I do not have a relationship with. Jessica, I, I love that. And I wrote it down. Um, that adds value. Now, in the very beginning, the three, the three to five types, uh, three to five, not types, three to five contacts <laughs> Most people, my clients, my community say, I don't have anything to a value hmm. to connect with brands or sponsors or in relationships. What is it that I have? It's, it's not so much about what you have. Sometimes it's about what you can give. And let me give you an example of what you can give. Uh, LinkedIn is a powerful search engine tool where you can discover lots of great information about brands that you may want to connect with. For example, if you are an entrepreneur or a coach, that has really awesome services that you could offer to employees within a brand. So you have some trainings that you could give to them. And maybe in the future, you would like to partner with this brand by providing your trainings and materials to uh, a certain department within this company. Do you, One way, do you give those away for free? Uh, no, 
you charge for those. Oh, you, char you charge for that. Oh, absolutely. You charge for that. But the first way of getting in the door is using LinkedIn there, that company that you want to partner with, do research on that brand and maybe even go further into doing research on the individual that you're trying to connect with. And maybe there's an article that's written about them. Maybe there's some new things that's happening with the company. So for example, um, I was on a call with a brand the other day and she said, we just went public. Something like that could be, wow, congratulations on going public. That is a huge thing and a great way to begin a conversation. So maybe it's a compliment that you're giving or, hey, I read this article that you wrote or you posted on LinkedIn or something on your blog or something that you posted and point out three valuable things that you got out of what they wrote or three valuable things that the company is doing right now. But that, and that's, that's giving them a compliment. Can you, how do you get to that part where you say, I can train your, for example, I can train your employees. Yes. And this is, and then they'll say, and negotiate and find this is what I charge. But before that, you, you, you've yeah. got, you, I, I'm looking for that first step in saying to my community, my clients, uh, here's what you, here's what you compliment is one. That's, mm -hmm. that's adding a value. Give that's adding value. Mm -hmm. But you can't say I can train right off the bat. I can train. Yeah. No. So that takes some uh, relationship building, doesn't it? It takes relationship building. Those three to five contacts, something that LinkedIn allows you to do is see someone's activity on LinkedIn. So if you're able to see someone's activity, you know everything that they're looking at, everything that they're engaging with on LinkedIn. Right. And so now what this allows you to do is to continue to keep connecting dots. So if you know that someone is a uh, head of HR, and you know that HR is in charge of usually training and development that goes out to uh, for employees uh, all within the company, then she's probably engaging in things on LinkedIn that are answering or solving problems to solutions that the company needs. And so you can now start to shift your conversation strategically into Hey, I saw this, um, I came across this article the other day that talked about blase, blase, blase. By the way, this is something that I actually do. And mm. I've been helping people in this company or who are with companies like Google or Facebook. Maybe it might be something that I can help you guys do in the future. Leave it there. Oh, okay. You still, you still haven't made an ask yet. Maybe this is the second time that you can. Oh, made it. Ask. A-S-K. Oh, okay. I got it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So we're still relating and having genuine conversation. I, I see too many people that go for the ask immediately. Yes. Instead of actually like really just having a conversation with someone. I think by the third, the third 
uh, touch point is where you can now say, hey, you know, I actually provide this value here and list out the value that you provide. Would it be okay if we hopped on a 15 minute call and see if this may align yeah. with what after, your company after is doing? After three to five contacts of, of uh, finding out what their needs are and talking about them uh, about what they're doing and how they're doing it. Oh, that's really good. Oh, I like how you did that to connect to your, your customers, your clients. Exactly. Oh, I like how you did that. And talk a little bit, right? Exactly. It's not, well, it's almost talk about the weather, uh, but talk about what they are doing and find out what they need in your conversation. Oh, I think you're doing this. And maybe even give them some suggestions on what they could do for free. Just give them an idea. Oh, you know, you can contact this brand mm -hmm. about this because they do this type of service. Help them get what they want. You can even That's go as far bad. as, yes. And you could even go as far Again, and everything that we're saying, it all goes back to research. Research is key because if you don't, you can't provide value or provide a solution if you don't know what their need is. So you have to do your research in order to even really understand if the value that you believe you provide is something that is even needed. And I think sometimes, you know, people will send cold emails or they do a cold outreach and they immediately start talking about this value that they can provide. And it's like, well, that maybe necessarily isn't a need for us right now. Like I, I was listening to a podcast the other day and the gentleman said, yeah, we get these emails from salespeople all the time. And they're telling us like, oh, you know, we can help you with SEO and he said, we actually spend like hundreds of thousands of dollars on our SEO. So that's not a problem for us. So before you start communicating, hey, I can help you do this. Is it really even a need for them at the moment? You know? Um, Great point. Great. Yeah, so the re- Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say those, again, you, you won't know unless you start to have that conversation, the dialogue in the beginning. Right. And people- I think our agenda, a lot of times the agenda is, I, I'm trying to get this check. I'm trying to close the deal. I'm trying to secure the bag. And it's like, secure the relationship first. Better build that relationship. And I like, yeah. I like your, your point, research. Mm -hmm. Research first, there's the word. How, how do you craft a, I'm, I wanna get in all my questions. How do you, yes. before you have to run, uh, how do you craft a perfect pitch. What is a pitch? <laughs> so a Ele pitch elevator pitch. I mean, I've been talking about that. I'm in communications and I've been talking and coaching uh, individuals about pitches. What's your definition of a pitch elevator pitch? Yeah. So there's obviously different types of pitches, Carrie. And when you think about a pitch, when it comes to a partnership with a brand or a corporate sponsor, uh, a pitch is a proposal 
um, in written form that communicates your advantage. And I like to say advantage, A-D-D-V-A-N-T-A-G-E. Um, and the advantage is going back to that word value, the added value that you're going to bring to this brand. And a lot of times, I don't care what anyone says, uh, some people may say that all brands, when they when you give your pitch, they're not looking for some form of ROI. All brands that you partner well, with. Explain what ROI is, just, just for some people who might not know, but if they're they're listening to this podcast and, and, and this show, uh, they're going to know, but just in case. Yes. So uh, it, the ROI is basically the return on the investment. And you know, you'll have some brands inside of that pitch, they may be looking for, well, the ROI could be, you're going to help us achieve the goal of getting a certain number of products into the hands of our target audience. And you have that audience and you have to prove that in your pitch. It could be that we're looking to see a certain number of sales by taking them through a sales funnel. Um, we're looking to get a certain number of people to experiment with our products or test out our products. And you can provide us with this number, uh, this reach of people or this number of people that we can experiment on. Um, but that's what your that's what a pitch is and certain things that are communicated inside of that pitch. How, how, pitch go, well, how would I know where to go to get the best pitch? Oh, come to you. <laughs> but I mean, that's how I would know. That's how I'd get my information. I'd say, Jessica, uh, what do I do? And it's, it's a written uh, proposal. So each word has to have value. And, uh, and, and what you can do Quickly, I mean, it's got to be quickly. It can't be a proposal. Nobody's going to read this anymore. You know, a long pitch or you know, even an elevator pitch. You've got to say one line, two lines, and or write it out. And yes. Send it. What do you use? <laughs> what do you use? Here's Come on, Jessica. <laughs> what do you use as your first line? Why, why are we even open it? In another way, you know, it's, you know, I'm always talking about, you know, blogging or whatever, you know, your, your title and how important that title is to get people to, I always say, physically do something. Mm -hmm. So what do you write either in the, <laughs> at the top or the first line? Yeah, so when we're speaking on the pitch proposal itself, um, I'm a strong believer in customization. So in the actual proposal, uh, when I send that out, it is custom to the brand. So they're going to see their logo and a unique tagline that we have created that really identifies, uh, the brand can identify with. So I'll, I'll give you, I love examples. Um, we sent out a pitch to an organization called Compassion. And one of their biggest things um, with this organization, um, they sponsor children. They um, partner with artists, they partner with influencers, uh, they partner with churches 
to use their influence to get children in un undeveloped countries sponsored with education, with food, um, all those great things. And so when they opened up the proposal, the first thing that they saw was, we're gonna impact this many people and we're gonna sponsor, get at least 900 children sponsored through everything that was inside of the proposal. So the very first thing that they saw was, oh, if we partner with this organization or we partner with this gentleman, they're gonna reach this many people as well as get us this many sponsors, which is what we do. So first thing I want you to recognize very clearly about this pitch, and if you're sending an email or when they open up the actual document is that I knew the ROI that the brand was looking for. So a successful partnership with that brand is you, we wanna reach a lot of people, but we really wanna get children sponsored. So if you're telling me in the very first page that you're reaching 32,000 people and you're expecting 900 sponsorships, I wanna open up that document because I wanna know much more about how you're going to achieve this and how we can help you get there. Because if you can help me get there, achieve this many sponsorships, then that means that this is going to be a successful partnership. So that, now that, that is, that really comes down to numbers. Well, numbers again, but you, in order for you to get there because every brand is not about numbers um, because I don't want someone who's listening to think that oh man well I just I need to have this large following um, this is going back to research we research what's important to the brand so we knew the way to get their attention we knew that if we tell them that we can reach a certain number of people and get a certain number of sponsorships, even if it was a hundred sponsorships, it was communicated clearly that we had done our homework and we knew how to get in the door with them and get their attention. The other thing that we placed inside of that first document was together, let's help children flourish. Now that tagline, if you go on their website, that is a part of their mission statement. It's a part of their motto. We help children flourish. So you saw that all throughout our proposal. And again, this is where the customization comes in. Customize or personalize everything. Your proposal or your, your pitch should have a personal touch to it. So the way to get that personal touch, going back to research, if you go all over a company's website, they're gonna tell you exactly who they are. They're gonna tell you the heartbeat of that company. So if you're reaching out to them for a cause marketing initiative or a social impact initiative or a diversity and inclusion initiative or a social justice initiative, the company's website is gonna tell you if they even support things like that. So you're gonna send an insignificant pitch if let's say your uh, pitch is for a social justice community event. What if on the company's website, that's not a part of the heartbeat of that company. So they have, they've never spoken out on social justice issues. They don't care about it, but yet you, you reached out to them and you're hoping to partner with them. You're not gonna be successful no matter how much you customize that pitch, 
because it's not something that this brand truly or genuinely cares about. Fabulous. What is the, what's the number one mistake that sponsorship seekers make? Yeah, the number one mistake that I see, and we, we touched on it a bit, is going for the big ask in the very beginning. Um, and that going for the big ask could be a number, a number of different things. You don't take time to build the relationship. You send a cold pitch email. And inside of that pitch email, everything is about you. And there's nothing about the value that you can provide to the brand. Um, you put attachments, you put your media kit in there, you put your sponsorship deck in there, and then you wonder why no one's responding back to you. I would say that's probably the first big mistake that I see sponsorship seekers make. Um, the second mistake that I would see um, a lot of sponsorship seekers make is they don't really understand how to position themselves. Um, and you have to understand positioning yourself, the old traditional approach to sponsorship is gold, silver, bronze. We're going to give you tickets to a VIP dinner that we're hosting and we're going to put your name or your logo on a step and repeat. That is a very traditional way of doing sponsorships. Uh, these days, you really want to truly understand how to activate that brand, bring the brand to life, to your audience, um, and you really want to think about the solutions that you're bringing to the table. Um, so if you focus on solutions and how those solutions are going to help activate that brand, that's extremely valuable. So if you bring, if you bring them solutions to their problems, to their mm -hmm. challenges... Mm-hmm. That's, that's now. That's what's going on now. You can't say the old way uh, will put your name all around and put it up. Mm -hmm. and you can't say that. No. You've got to really be specific and say, here's how, here's how I am going to help your brand now. Here's yes. how I can add value to your brand now with, yes. what, with what I do. Yes. That's what yes. you're, is, is that what you're saying? Absolutely. 100%, you got it. So I have to, I mean, words are very important here. Mm -hmm. uh, not only in the pitch or the proposal or writing to someone words are extremely important i would say that that words they are important but uh more your, so your intent is there you go that's really? your intent your intent um you have to be very intentional about every little detail of your proposal um some people fill their proposals up with pictures and that's fine as long as the few words that you do use it's very clear to the brand how impact is going to be made and what problems you are solving mm -hmm. now sometimes um, when you think about brand partnerships uh, sometimes the sponsorship may not be to help a brand solve a problem that is happening internally or within the company. 
Sometimes it could be a big problem that is happening in the world and the company, when it comes to the initiatives that they support, it is really big for them to help be a problem solver or be, be part of the solution for solving this problem. And so because of that, together, this big grand idea that you have, you and this company are gonna come together to bring more awareness to this problem and again, help solve it. It may not solve it completely all the way, but at least you are helping be a part of the solution. So if um, there is a, uh, an event I just saw earlier today and I was looking at some of their sponsors and I said, hmm, Sephora, Amazon, um, God, what was that? Carol's Daughter. Those are three brands that were sponsors for a, an event that is geared towards motherhood. So, uh, and not just any type of motherhood, but black motherhood. Mm -hmm. And I said, I want to know, this is very interesting because to have Sephora as a sponsor, I've never seen them sponsor conferences like this, but in the last two years or since the pandemic, and we've seen everything that has happened with initiatives like Black Lives Matter and everything that's happening in the world when it comes to Black lives, this brand has been very vocal about how they're going to spend their dollars to help educate and also uh, inform and also be part of the solution to end systemic racism to also help black creators. And now they're really, by sponsoring an event like this Black Motherhood Conference, it's to show that we support black moms and black moms who need pampering and need rest. They've gone through a lot during this pandemic. So that's a statement. They're helping be a part of solving a problem that will probably still continue to go on for years but they're spending their dollars to help show that we believe in eventually putting it into this problem. Do That's think, how we're gonna invest our dollars. Do you dollars. think if you look at that brand, that company, you would find that answer that you just alluded Abs to? Absolutely. It would be absolutely. There. They, would, it, they would say something about that or, or, or they they would show you through their yes. other, their other sponsorships what their I, what their intentions are. Let me tell you, I'm actually going to go to their company. I'm going to start by going just to prove a point. Cool. I'm going to go to their Instagram page. The very first thing that you'll see is that they have a black, and this wasn't like this before the pandemic. Now, who is course, this? Yeah, what, what company? This, this is the brand Sephora. Sephora, yeah. Sephora. Okay. So you'll see that they have a black, they, they have their main logo, but it's in black, which if you know anything about when brands started posting the black squares and when that happened, that's a statement that they're making. Now, let's say you don't, under, you don't understand that part, but that's the very first thing that you see when you go on their Instagram page oh. is their logo in black. Um, basically that we support. Here's another thing, um, Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. They made a whole entire post about that. So diverse DNI is gonna be a very big thing for them. But let's go back even further. That is 
Now this is me just going down because this is the kind of uh, this is the kind of homework or research that you need to do whenever you are looking into these brands. Um, let me keep going down. I want to look at some of the statements that they've made. All right, here we go. Um, on April 23rd, they created a whole entire post and a, a guide on our Black owned beauty guide. We love these brands. Um, they also just recently did a, they're curating an entire black owned subscription box where they've partnered with Miley Teal. Um, and I mean, it's a, I think a four series box um, and they're heavily vested in it. Everything black owned. If you go on, let's see, April 20th, George, George Floyd's life mattered. Black lives matter. Mm. So the company is open, openly telling you that Yes. We support this. So if you are someone, again, who is looking to partner with a brand and you're like, well, I don't know if they'll support my conference that's all about Black motherhood, that's helping Black moms get to the next level. And also, uh, you know, Black women face a lot of uh, maternal health issues. Uh, so why wouldn't a brand that is all about beauty, they are promoting to women, why wouldn't they support something like that? Especially when they are super vocal about where they stand um, when it comes to- are, are most companies super vocal about where they stand? So I think some, okay, uh, let's see. Uh, and if not you, all- Not all, but if you don't know, Mm -hmm. And you still get sponsorship from this brand. If you don't know, you research, mm -hmm. you can't see uh, on Instagram or LinkedIn, you can't see if they do or they don't. Go to that company's website. If even if, because a company's website is going to tell you everything that you need to know. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why I'm just going, I think easy places to find research is, or to do your research, Instagram, the LinkedIn company profile. So um, let's say uh, I could use another example because I've actually sat down and spoken with some brands and uh, just to see like things that really irk them when people reach out for sponsorships. And I had a brand say, you know, we get requests all the time for us to sponsor little league uh, uniforms, little, and okay. she was like, we've never done it. We don't do it. She said, yes, we sponsor things like for the Olympics, um, major brand. She said, we sponsor things like the Olympics, but there's a strategic way in which we do it. But she said, you've never, ever seen us on a jersey. Never. She said, that's just not the way that we do sponsorships. But she said, people reach out to us all the time about it. She said, I don't know why. That's, that's a waste of our energy reaching Complete. out to this company about baseball uniforms. Complete waste. The waste. Com complete waste. So complete waste the, of the time. person who did that didn't do their homework, didn't research and find out specifically. And here's the, here's the other thing too. Why not just ask? So you don't waste your time developing a pitch for a brand 
that doesn't even sponsor this type of stuff anyway. And when you build relationships with people, all you have to do is just say, hey, let me ask you a quick question. I see that you do XYZ for this company. Does your company sponsor things like this before you even waste that person's time to hop on a phone call and ask to be a sponsor for something that they are not even interested in? Do, um, do, I, do, people, do people write uh, like what I write uh, the HR department and ask? It really depends on what your uh, pitch is all about. So if you're looking to uh, maybe present an opportunity or uh, provide your trainings, as I mentioned before, that very well could be someone in HR. I usually like to start with someone who's in uh, partnerships. So on LinkedIn, you can find these people just by literally going to the company's profile and searching, I'm typing in the word partnerships. And it's going to give you every single person who is who's, who works for that company um, that is on LinkedIn, who is over partnerships, okay? And they're gonna tell you what types of partnerships. So go to each person, see what they do. And if you see anything that's related to uh, sponsorships, event sponsorships, or uh, brand partnerships, um, activations, if you see anything like that, inside of their profile or growth, um, that is definitely going to be a good person to start to build a relationship with. It, it seems as if, you, I mean, you've been telling us about um, going to LinkedIn. Sounds like LinkedIn is the telephone book of the, of the old days. LinkedIn, LinkedIn. where you go to find out to, to start. Right? LinkedIn is a really good platform. And I think a lot of times we sleep on that platform. Um, people are so focused on the other social platforms and those tools are good. I think Google is great as well. But I think if you really have an understanding of uh, how to use LinkedIn to make it a lead magnet um, for, many of the things that you do, um, it will work very well for you. I mean, even I'm, I, I'm guilty of it myself of not really using LinkedIn as much as best I, I can. Um, but it is a great tool, resource and tool that can help you generate a lot of solid leads. Um, even with a lot of the research, you know, LinkedIn Sales Navigator gives you the ability to, uh, you put in the type of leads that you're looking for, what you're looking for, and it gives you updates. I get notifications on my phone, like anything that's happening with certain companies that I'm really paying close attention to. And the reason why I do that, I set up those notifications is so I can, again, when I have communication with these brands, when I'm talking to them, I can mention like, oh, by the way, I see that this is happening with your company. How's, how's everything going? How, you know, celebrating that win, or it could be uh, helping you to provide some type of solution to what they may be facing. Um, so you, who are who are your clients primarily? I mean, uh, are they startup companies? Are they established companies or organizations? Or can an individual who says, uh, "I 
I, I want a sponsorship with a brand because I'm doing an event, I'm an individual. Who do you get primarily? Yeah, primarily, primarily uh, the individuals that are interested in my course or landing corporate sponsors are the event curators, uh, meeting planners or uh, event planners, uh, nonprofit founders, um, online entrepreneurs. So if you're like an online business coach, um, those are primarily the individuals that are interested in my course. Um, I, there's two different ways in which people like to work with me. If you are just getting started, um, the course is the best place for you to start. Um, that, even that, if that's your eight week uh, online course that you have mm -hmm. on your website right now on your website or are you are you affiliated with uh, uh, teachable Udemy, Udemy and so forth. yeah so um, my course is actually on teachable but to get any information about the course you can just go to my website the sponsorshiplady.com sponsorshiplady.com um, Yep, the sponsorshiplady.com. And so when you go uh, inside of the course for those who are just getting started, that is the best place. Um, for those who might be, you know, they've, they've secured sponsors, but they're looking for uh, additional revenue. They're trying to figure out, well, how can I increase the value of my pitch? Um, how can I take this next level and get repeat contracts? The course is also a great place for you, but I do have a VIP option where people can work with me one-on-one -on -one for like a, a day intensive where it's very customized to you and we're work working on a more focused strategy. If you're just getting started, something like that is not for you. You need to start with the beginning stages um, of sponsorship. I, I've had a success conference for years and years in New York City and traveled to Philadelphia and that type of thing. But uh, do I say, oh, Jessica, I need your expertise and I can just come to you and hire you uh, to help me get sponsorship for my conference? Yes, so I have some experts and some CEOs that I work with um, that are very busy and they do not have a partnerships team. And so for the experts, uh, what I actually offer is a done for you service. And the done for you service is where you can hire me um, and my team to go out and do the work for you. Um, we've been very successful with it. Um, we absolutely enjoy what we do but it is something that we can't work with everyone because we are a small and mighty team. Um, so right now, right now we're just maxed to capacity when it comes to our done for you service. Um, we can't even take, I probably won't be able to take anyone else on until fall or winter. Um, that's what? how, what? yeah, yeah. Which, which is why I like to encourage people to sign up for the course um, and if you need to get that VIP training, I'll be more than happy to sit down with you and give you, a, you know, that custom strategy session that's tailored to you, your brand, and your business. Um, but I think a lot of times people think 
they need the done for you service and really they could actually train an assistant or train someone on their team to do it or get mm -hmm. a sales specialist that could come in and help do the work. Um, but really, you know, it's a gift once you acquire this knowledge, it is a gift that continues to keep on giving. Um, I, I, I like that. One more time, I'm going to go into, you know, wrap this up because uh, you, you promised me uh, some time and, and I don't want to uh, go over that time and you, you look and say, oh, this host of uh, <laughs> side hustle with personality went over his time. Oh, man. Questions. So uh, didn't you make six figures uh, in sponsorship for your conference? the Women of Purpose Conference? Yes, I did. I did. Um, it was Congratulations. not- Thank you. It was not easy. It wasn't, you know, an easy journey. And uh, there, on this journey of landing sponsorships, you're gonna hear a lot of no's um, and you need to be ready and prepared to hear those no's. And, oh man, will you lose sleep over it? And will you be emotional about it? Yes, you will. But when it comes to sales and landing brand partnerships and corporate sponsorships, it's about sales. Um, and the top salespeople in the world, they have follow through, they follow up. And so when you go through my program, I am giving you the encouragement, the motivation and the systems and tools to help you be an effective salesperson, an effective sponsorship salesperson. Follow up is everything. And a lot of times, some of us, we stop when we hear one no, or we stop when we don't get a response back. And you'll never see any results if you stop because one person out of the 5.7 million companies just in the United States alone tell you no, there are plenty of opportunities out there. So don't just stop when you've only reached out to three out of the 5.7 million. Uh, okay, so wrapping this up, I'm going to just go through this conclusion uh, and ask you one or two questions. And hopefully, they you'll be able to answer quickly and uh, and give us some more. Of just remind us of what you've already told us. Um, is is that okay with you? If I just do this, sure. Go ahead. And. Um, who are the individuals who call you and need your service? Yeah, the individuals, like I said before, the individuals, they are the ones that are frustrated because uh, they haven't been getting the response that they truly desire from brands uh, for sponsorship opportunities. They are the ones that are really tired of having to spend money out of their own pocket to host their programs. And some people even going broke or taking out loans to make it happen. Um, I get a lot of nonprofit founders that don't really understand uh, how to run their nonprofit as a business because nonprofits are businesses and they should be profitable. Um, and so I want to help them understand how to get the additional streams of revenue uh, through partnerships and sponsorships. Uh, to the online entrepreneur who thinks that just providing their services, uh, that's the only way to 
get money or secure the bag, partnerships, your expertise can be used with companies for sponsorships. They could use someone like you to partner with. So uh, don't leave money on the table. And then for the influencer that may be wondering, how do I even get in the door? I know that my influence really matters and I know that I have great influence. Well, let's use that influence and let's get you inside of the program so that way you can learn how to position yourself successfully in front of these brands. Um, okay, oh, and what's an effective pitch? An effective pitch, I would say, is one that is going to articulate your advantage, one that is custom, and also one that is very clear on the impact that you make and the problem that you solve. Your, uh, how do you attract sponsorship? Uh, second, uh, second, third thing we talked about. How do we attract that sponsorship? Attract the sponsor by putting yourself out there. Um, your Instagram page, is your portfolio. Your LinkedIn page is your portfolio. Your website is your portfolio. So when you are attracting these sponsors, uh, connecting with them on LinkedIn, doing those things, if they go and check out your website, are they going to see that, wow, this is somebody that we need to partner with? So are you doing your due diligence to ensure that brands recognize you and what you do? Are you doing your part to spend time each week to uh, intentionally engage with potential sponsors so they don't forget your name or they know who you are. So that's what I would say about attracting sponsors. And the, the third thing that we talked about, what, what personal connections do we need to have to make this happen? Yes. Uh, in order to make it happen, and we're going to go back to the first thing that I said, the research is key, but the relationships are the most valuable. So value the relationships over the dollar amount that you may be getting from this brand. Go in with good intentions, make your intentions known after three to five times of intentionally connecting with a brand. And how do we keep in touch with you? Yes. The best way to keep in touch with me is to one, uh, follow me on Instagram at Jessica Chinyelum. If you have any questions, I'd be more than happy to answer them for you. As long as I can answer it in like a minute to two minutes. Spell, um, spell, you don't have to spell Jessica, but spell your last name. Yes, C-H-I-N-Y-E-L-U. And the second way to stay in contact with me is by going to the sponsorshiplady.com forward slash training. And I have an amazing training for all of you who want to take this a bit further. And I have a five phase sales process when it comes to sponsorship. That training, it's about, God, an hour long, um, but it's so detailed and you'll take lots of notes. And after that, you'll be like, oh my gosh, what have I been missing or all these things I've been doing wrong all these years. But yes, it's the sponsorshiplady.com forward slash training you will love every bit of that training, but I, it's free. There's no charge for it. Go out there and check it out and then let me know what you think after you've watched it. Jessica, I wanna thank you for your time. I know you have other clients and other people say, I, I, I wanna talk with her uh, today. 
but thank you so very, very much for your time. And um, uh, I will be in touch with you. Uh, and I know uh, uh, people in my, my side hustle with personality uh, community will be in touch with you. Um, so to everybody, uh, so remember when you choose to improve your daily life and business on the internet, this is the place to hang out for new innovative ideas and strategies. This has been Side Hustle with Personality. And don't forget to continue to connect your energy differently. I'm Kerry Ruff. Take care. Join us next time for another innovative conversation on Side Hustle with Personality, where we explore how you can develop something on the side and bring great value to others and yourself. And when you choose to improve your daily life and business, this is the place to hang out for new ideas and new strategies. This has been Side Hustle with Personality. Now, you may contact us at kerryruff.com. That's K-E-R-R-Y-R-U-F-F, -F, as in Frank Frank. And remember, keep connecting your energy differently and adding true value to the world.